Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. All right, who's it going to be, Jimmy G or the rookie? That's the big question this week. And if you're Vance Joseph, what do you do? Prepare for Jimmy Garoppolo or prepare for Trey Lance or, and probably the smart strategy, prepare for both. We get into that as well as how the Cardinals' defense matches up against the entire 49ers' offense. But first, yes, the first injury report of the week was long, very long. Still, there should not be anything to worry about as I cross my fingers. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 478, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. The number was 10. 10 players did not practice on Wednesday, but before anyone gets worried... Five of those 10 players who didn't practice were either not injury-related or personal. And all five MJ returned to practice on Thursday. We are trending up towards Sunday. Yeah, and, you know, I understand there's a reason why they put the injury report out, you know, obviously for gamesmanship and other, uh, you know, fantasy football, and in this case probably gambling. Um, But, I, you know, I've learned over the years, don't freak out on a Wednesday – and they have to list everyone because if you now some guys could get hurt in practice and then you got to add them. But you know clearly guys are getting treatment and we're that you know we're getting to the second quarter of the season. So you know week one was great to have a single guy on there. And, and again, it's nice to see Calvin Beecham out there because I think that will settle the right side down. Even though Josh Jones did play well, I think he's he's probably better inside. You can hide him a little bit. So and Hopkins was out there. That's always good. Um, and get the timing with the the quarterbacks and the wide receivers. So, yeah, we'll know more tomorrow, and then we'll just kind of figure out who the top eight are going to be when it comes to the offensive line. It was a little jarring, though, at first look when you see the list because it is a lengthy list, but I like what you said. On Wednesday, you don't freak out. Now, if you've got 15 guys listed on a Friday, well, then you can start freaking out. There are two players, however, that we do, I think, need to monitor or keep an eye on. Maybe monitor is not the perfect word. One is Byron Murphy, who once again on Thursday was not spotted during the open portion of practice. He's dealing with a rib injury, although post-game Sunday he was asked about it and kind of dismissed and said, I'll be fine. So hopefully, knock on wood, this is just more of a rest slash pain tolerance and by Sunday he'll be good to go the other one is Chase Edmonds who once again was not practicing on Wednesday not even seen on Wednesday but on Thursday he was working out on the side he's dealing with a shoulder injury something that everyone saw that he was dealing with because postgame Sunday he showed up in the media room and he had a nice large ice pack on his right shoulder he as well as Murphy said oh yeah I'll, I'll be fine no No questions asked. And I do think he'll be fine because once you transition from we don't see you to on the side, the next step is typically being on the field. And hopefully we do see Chase Edmonds and Byron Murphy on the field on Friday. Well, you know, you even go back to a week ago when, you know, Marco Wilson and Byron Murphy were missing time and then we got a chance to see him on Friday. And, 
you know, that's probably the, you know, again, Marco Wilson is a little bit different being a rookie. Um, clearly he's been in the meetings and he knows the game plan. Uh, Murphy's he's a little bit more physical. Um, so I would anticipate Murphy would like to get out there. But, you know, again, we'll have to wait till Sunday. But I, I think everything's trending in the right direction. And, uh, again, the, all hands on deck. And coming up on Sunday, back in black. Cardinals wearing their black jerseys at State Farm Stadium, 125 kickoff. I did see that via the Arizona Cardinals social media channel that, yes, black uniforms, which is always a nice change of pace look, if you will, and it comes on just the second home game of the regular season. The Cardinals playing their first three of four on the road. One item, actually two notes with regards to the roster, MJ. One, and this kind of flew under the radar, but running back Tavian Feaster is back with the team. He was with the Cardinals during the preseason. He's been signed to the practice squad this week, and that just might be some more uh, in case of an emergency break glass situation, considering Chase Edmonds is a little banged up, you know, Benjamin's a little banged up, but Tavian Feaster is back. Now, the one player that I'm not expecting to see on Sunday, Darrell Daniels, the tight end placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. He's played in all four games this season, doesn't have a single catch, but he is someone that is certainly good and useful in the run game and on special teams. So the Cardinals are without Darrell Daniels. It does open up a roster spot. What do they do with that roster spot? They do have Ross Travis on the practice squad, another tight end. More of a pass-catching tight end than Daniels. Travis, 6'6", 248. He's got that big target, large frame. So we'll have to wait and see on that. But do you even maybe not even have an additional tight end this week? Can you just get away with two and maybe go heavy somewhere else. Those are all discussions that are happening, I'm sure, upstairs in the front office, in the coaching offices, but it is something that we've discussed. COVID-19, it's not going anywhere. Hopefully that's something that can be eradicated sooner rather than later, but for right now, this is something that every team has to deal with, and right now the Cardinals have been hit. Yeah, it's unfortunate, and we'll just have to wait and see, uh, you know, because they can protect uh, up to four players, and, you know, Ross Travis would be a, an option, and he's more of a pass-catching tight end. Um, they will dress eight linemen on game day, so if you're trying to get that extra blocker out there, of course, Demetrius Harris is more of a, a wide receiver, but he can be asked to block, and he can block and then actually flex out a little bit. So there's options there, but Daniel's – you know, he, I thought he was inconsistent maybe the maybe the first week of the season, but, you know, he has a role in this team, and I, and I think that, you know, just having him out there, there's a sense of security that he can hold up in the blocking game. Yeah, maybe they go a little bit heavier at the wide receiver position. Maybe Anandia Isabella is active. Maybe they go heavier as far as a defensive player, considering what we will get into here momentarily with respects to the 49ers and their offense. Um, also with respects to the practice, and not just this week, but apparently throughout this entire season and something that started late last year under the direction of head coach Cliff Kingsbury. And this was something that A.J. Green brought up when he addressed the media earlier in the week. And he mentioned that every practice during the week is very competitive, as we all anticipate and expected. But he brought up something that I was not aware of. We see it in training camp, but typically in the NFL, after training camp, you never see it again. And that is ones versus ones. First team offense versus first team defense. 
Some teams do it. A.J. Green said he was with the Bengals he had not done it. J.J. Watt earlier on Thursday said, yeah, sometimes the Houston Texans did. But it is something that I'm I, – I totally understand why you don't because you don't want your starters hurt. Yet the flip side is the benefit of going up against the best within your own team, good on good as they like to say, I think the benefits certainly outweigh the risk, and it certainly seems like through four games it's been a real benefit for this team for Kyler Murray to face Chandler Jones, Buda Baker now – there's no tackling involved, but the talent is what you're going up against. Yeah, and, and the Cardinals do a really good job with uh, you know energy in, in, in practice. Um, they run to each drills. Uh, they have nice tempo out there. It is competitive, and, I, and that's one of the things I appreciate in training and how how much they competed every day. And you know, if Trey Lance happens to be the quarterback, well, they go against Kyler Murray in practice. Again, you can't get around them, but the whole idea is. Stay in your technique, stay within the frame of, of the defense, what they want, are asking you to do, and then make sure you're in the right spot. And then it translates to game day. So, um, But that's interesting because usually you would have your second team, like Colt McCoy, uh, when they played the Rams, he was wearing the number nine jersey to obviously emulate uh, you know, a guy like uh, Matthew Stafford. But usually the, in Streveler, you would have a role maybe when you're playing a, um, an option quarterback. So they can alternate, but usually Colt McCoy's been getting those reps. And then, you know, your second team would go against the first and then vice versa. Um, but that's interesting that, you know, some places haven't done that. But I, I think it just creates competition, and everyone's getting reps, and that's the beauty of practice. You know, they, they try to – they do all these different drills when we're able to be out there and stuff I've never seen. We've seen them in, in, in maybe in off-season workouts. But they're, they really put an uh, emphasis on tackling technique and I think that's why we see how well they play on special teams and you got to really give credit to the secondary because these guys they come down in the run support game and they tackle quoting defensive coordinator Vance Joseph about ones versus ones quote it's been good for us to keep our competitive nature end quote and then he brought up the fact that especially in the secondary the defensive backs that's where the benefit has really come because you've got a young Byron Murphy, a young Marco Wilson, and then some veterans in Robert Alford and Antonio Hamilton that are going up against every day. Not a lot, but about 20 snaps per week, which is about 10% of the practice time, according to Vance Joseph. But they're lining up opposite one-on-one, DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, and that is something that, you know, each week there is a number one wide receiver. Now the Cardinals, you can argue, have maybe – 1A, 1B, and a very good, very capable number three wide receiver and elevating his game, talking about Christian Kirk, to that number two status based off his production. Now, not last week, but as we said, a lot of different weapons on this offense, which makes it difficult for opposing defenses and certainly something that Coach Joseph enjoys because it gets him ready for Sunday. Speaking of Coach Joseph and getting ready, as we continue here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, who is Vance Joseph defending this week as far as the 49ers quarterback is concerned. Jimmy Garoppolo did not practice on Wednesday, was not seen on Thursday. He did, however, MJ, speak to reporters on Wednesday. Typically, your starting quarterback speaks once a week, but if they're hurt... They don't speak, and Garoppolo is dealing with a calf injury, although he said, quote, it's nothing too serious. I tweaked the muscle. Whatever word you want to use for it, I strained it a little bit. 
just taking it day by day at this point. And based off how things are trending, my guess, and it's just a guess, that we see Trey Lance make his first regular season start. I think that's where it's trending in that direction. You know, Clearly, they're going to prepare for both. Obviously, you have more tape on a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo considering he's been in the division for the last couple of years. Unfortunately for Trey Lance, I mean, you, you have the, the second half, and he actually played particularly well in, in that small little sample. And then, you know, you go back to college, he only played one game uh, before he declared for the draft, and so there's not a lot of tape out there. But, you know, we're, we're going to see a lot of motion. Um, we're going to see some bootlegs. Um, I'm sure they're going to try to get him on the edge. Um, and, you know, one thing that you pointed out and um, – and I didn't really uh, think about it, but Cardinals did go against a couple rookie quarterbacks last year in Tua and Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts had a really good game. Cardinals won, won the and lost the other. So even though he's a rookie, um, you know, you would think to sit here and go, oh, they're going to throw the kitchen sink at him. And then the way Debo Samuel's playing and uh, George Kittle, you know, he's kind of banged up, but he gives him a huge target. And Kyle Juszczyk, he's kind of like the guy now. Um, whether he plays on third down. So a lot of factors, but I think you've got to prepare for both. But I, I do I do agree with you and, you know, try to make it uncomfortable for the young fella. Coach Kyle Shanahan was asked by the 49ers media about, you know, a little gamesmanship and you keep that quarterback secrets for as long as possible. And Shanahan did acknowledge, yeah, but at the same time, if the doctors rule out Jimmy Garoppolo, I will rule out Jimmy Garoppolo. And it sounds like, you know, they'll take it maybe all the way until the weekend and maybe there is an announcement Friday or even Saturday before game time. It just seems it, it's very odd because you go back to postgame Sunday after the 49ers lost to the Seahawks and Garoppolo basically said, I'm going to be out for two to three weeks. And then the next day there's an MRI. It's like, oh, you know, we got some good news and maybe there's a chance. That was, that was the phrasing of Coach Shannon, a chance that Jimmy G plays this week. And then it does factor in as, you know, Coach Joseph and the players, what do you do? I'll say this, though. Because what the 49ers showed in the preseason, showing Trey Lance on the field, even splitting time with Jimmy G, that if I was Vance Joseph even before knowing the outcome of Garoppolo and hurting his calf, I'm getting everyone ready for both quarterbacks because at any moment, first quarter, first half, second half, you could see Jimmy Garoppolo for a series, and in the very next series, or even during a series, you might see the young rookie come in for a play or an entire series. Well, I mean, if he's not able to play, you only got two quarterbacks on the roster. They're going to have to bring up Nate Sudfeld. Because you can't risk if Lance gets hurt and Jimmy's not 100%. And Jimmy realizes what's at stake right here. He's probably going to get Wally pipped. It was just a matter of time. And listen – People don't give him credit. This was the first offseason where he didn't have to rehab anything. His his overall record as a starter is 26-10, and 10, okay? 24-10 and 10 there. He had two wins with the Patriots. Of course, he was the quarterback that beat the Cardinals on that first game. So his win-loss record is impressive. And he knows the offense. And, and Trey Lance, um, he's more athletic. He's probably got a stronger arm. Um, you know, but again, he's young and we watch all these quarterbacks, you know, Mac Jones is in a different situation, but 
you know, Justin Fields is now going to get a chance to play. Uh, it was, you know, what they did to him the first go around. He showed some improvement. We know Trevor Lawrence is making improvement, but we went through this with Kyler Murray. It's it's not a walk in the park. And so, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm assuming just like last week, Vance changed it up a little bit, didn't go with the 3-4, brought in a lot more nickel and dime. Um, you know, he's going to try to use the entire field, though, and he's a guy that can take off and run, and when you do that, you put yourselves in harm's way. I liked how Cliff Kingsbury answered the question, and he was asked early on, I believe it was on Monday, about the prospects of seeing Trey Lance, and he immediately, and you brought it up already, he immediately pointed to last season and the two games, both at home, against Tua Tungavaloa and the Dolphins and then Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, and both of those young quarterbacks played well. Now, Cardinals fortunate probably in beating the Dolphins. Excuse me, fortunate to beat the Eagles, and they lost to the Dolphins, a game that they should have won if not for a field goal that was missed that would have tied it and sent the game into overtime. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, they lost to a third-string quarterback in Week 16 because Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard were going back and forth. Now, the story behind that, he had lost his brother in the offseason, and that was kind of like his Super Bowl. And, you know, obviously uh, they played well for him. Of course, uh, Jeff Wilson was off to the races. There were some, you know, big plays in that game, but Cardinals did not respond there. So that was a third-string quarterback. So, again, uh, there's a reason why they they mortgaged the future. And, and to me, I'm looking forward to this because, you know, whatever happens in Seattle, we know Russell Wilson you know, gave him a handful of teams, and, and if they get back to the playoffs, but they don't have anybody behind them. And then we know that Stafford's going to be the quarterback for at least the next couple of years. But this, this Trey Lance and Kyler Murray, this is this is going to be 10 to 15 years if everything goes according to plan. So it's going to be interesting just the back and forth and how they develop. But the good news for us is Kyler Murray is in his third year and Lance is making his first NFL start if that happens to be the case on Sunday. And I do think that the Cardinals defensively might be better prepared to face a Trey Lance because, as we discussed, they face Kyler Murray every single week in practice Different quarterbacks, but when you talk about a dual threat, you're trying to find a comparison. And Trey Lance, we don't know much about him. I don't know how many people have watched a lot of North Dakota State film out there. And you brought it up. He only played in one game last season. Then that was by design as far as trying to get him some film for the scouts. But you go back to 2019, 28 touchdowns, no interceptions. So he's able to protect the football, but that's F. CS. That's not FBS. That's a little bit as far as a lower tier versus what we're used to seeing on Saturdays. So, but I do think that the Cardinals are in good position because one, they've been here before as far as facing a rookie quarterback this season, last season, and they're in no position to sit in here and say, oh, we've got the backup quarterback because that backup quarterback might very well be the future of the San Francisco 49ers for the next 10, 15 years. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, I, I go back and look at Kyler Murray. You know, he played eight games at Texas A&M, seven at Oklahoma, and 14 uh, at, at Oklahoma in 2018. And so you, you want to go back to snaps. I mean, Kyler has probably over 1,000 snaps. When we look at Lance, I think he's at 350 total snaps in college. Now, again, Kyle Shanahan, just like McVay, and hopefully we're Kingsbury's in this conversation, you know, they know how to 
bring the best out in these young quarterbacks, and that's the reason why they mortgage the future. So uh, I don't know if it's going to happen overnight, but I, I I was intrigued. I didn't know if they were going to take Mac Jones. I didn't know if they were going to take Justin Fields. They kept everything under wrap, and here you know, uh, they took him uh, third overall. So I mean, and you had two quarterbacks go back to back with uh, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. So, but I'm just looking forward to the history now with these two quarterbacks. You know, you know, for a while there we had Carson and then Kurt Warner, and we never really got a chance to go against Joe Montana when he was in Kansas City, I guess. But for the most part, I, I look at this division, and there's a reason why um, it's about the quarterbacks. Uh, and then the pass rushers, as Kyle pointed out. I mean, there's a lot – the wide receivers in this division. I mean, it's it's loaded, and there's a reason why, you know, three or four teams could represent the uh, the conference when it comes to the division. Before he played the second half against the Seahawks on Sunday, Trey Lance had only had seven snaps through the first two games, and a lot of that was gadget stuff. So to your point, snaps in the National Football League, there's not a lot as far as what this Cardinals defense can look at as far as plays. There's just not a lot. Now you look at what Lance did last Sunday – 9 of 18, 157 yards, two touchdowns, also rushed 41 yards on seven carries, and they did execute a nice two-minute drive late in the game to try to close that gap up. So they've got basically one half of football to look at if you want to know what Trey Lance can and cannot do, although the flip side is is he was forced into that situation because of an injury, and Shanahan brought it up. We didn't game plan. We didn't have – Trey Lance in mind for a lot of what we wanted to do and we had to adjust on the fly so some things you can look and say all right this is what we know he's good at and capable of doing other is like well he might have been running stuff that was designed for Jimmy G's skill set and that just won't be happening this week if he is starting yeah I, I would have thought they would have a package for him you know just to kind of change it up but and as you pointed out though Garoppolo got hurt early in that game but he stayed in there until halftime correct it was the, he said, Garoppolo said it happened on the game's opening series. Wow. And he just kept playing. He was 6-6 six six for 70 yards and a touchdown. And then after that opening series, 8-17, 95 yards and an interception. Probably, probably, he was probably going with adrenaline, and then it's hard to throw that ball off. I don't know if it's left or right or calf, left calf or right calf, but that you could see the numbers just based on that. When your when your feet's not uh, and you don't, you don't feel the strength from your hips to throw it now, from a Niner standpoint, Lance is going to get all the reps this week. Correct. So Garoppolo, according to uh, the reports he has in practice in the last two days, and so I got to think Nate Sudfeld is going to get the call up if that happens in the case he's running the scout team. Um, so that's going to help them, but. We know that practice is 80%. Um, you can't go 100%. And, you know, I don't know what's going on with Brandon Ayuk. Uh, it seems like he, Kyle Shannon, according to what I heard, that he plays mind games with these receivers. Debo Samuel's a really good player. Ayuk, they took in the first round. They had him ranked as a number one wide receiver in that draft. That's what John Lynch told Herm Edwards. And then all this, this chatter about Trent Shurfield, and I'm a big Shurfield fan. I thought he should have had an opportunity to catch the ball here, more of a special teams player. And, you know, him and Trey Lance, they hooked up in the preseason and looked good. Shurfield has three catches. And he's a special teams player. But they did tell him, because the Cardinals did not tender him, they did tell him we're going to give you an opportunity to be one of the top four receivers. That's really what he is. But he's got three catches, so – 
Um, it's just interesting. And, you know, it really doesn't matter who they put in the backfield because it's been Raheem Morser, um, Jeff Wilson. I mean, it's been different backs. And Tevin Coleman, I want to say. And they kind of had their way at, at certain times. I remember the Wilson play last year in Glendale. And then in week one, I think they had a big play, even though the Cardinals won that game uh, a year ago. So, I mean, it doesn't really matter who the back is. I hate to say that, but it's just more the the scheme and the system they run. A lot of shifting, and we'll find out about Trent Williams, one of the better left tackles in football. They went out and invested on Mike McClinchy. Um, So it'd be interesting to see, but um, – I don't know what's in the water up there, but they're always hurt. I mean, I, I, I don't, you know, you can never prepare for injuries, but, man, they've been hit by the injury bug. All right, let's get into the talent surrounding the quarterback position, whether it's Jimmy G or Trey Lance, as we continue here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. You want to start in the backfield, or do you want to start with the pass catchers as far as what the Cardinals are up against this week? Let's start with the backfield, because that's where it all starts, and, and clearly the Cardinals want to do a much better job staying in their gaps and, and, and forcing them to be one-dimensional, especially with a guy that's making his first start. So. All right, let's so start with the backs. The running back position, you brought it up. Raheem Mostert, he's done for the season. Jeff Wilson on injured reserve. So now all of a sudden you're looking at who's next in that 49ers backfield. Eliza, excuse me, Elijah Mitchell, who is a sixth-round draft pick, and Trey Sherman, a third-round draft pick. As far as the depth chart is concerned, those are the two that are listed 1A and 1B, if you will. This 49ers offense has the 12th best rushing attack through four games. And when you come to running the football, that is the major weakness, if you want to call it a weakness, and it is, even though this team is 4-0. But the Cardinals defense is not good when it comes to stopping the run. And we've discussed it. And Vance Joseph gets asked about it, and he was asked about it again on Thursday. And this team is not proud of its run defense right now. They are aware of the issue, which is always the first step to solving a problem. Now it's how do you solve the problem? How do you get it fixed and fixed ASAP? Well, you know, we, you and I got a chance to do that our debate this and it was interesting because we're thinking okay how do they get more pressure on the quarterback and then you you kind of find out that maybe teams are going with mass protection so all of a sudden you're not going to get there but um, clearly they know that they got to get better in that area but again it it, it, they 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 use different backs and you know um, it'd be interesting to see if Trent Williams doesn't play because he's a huge addition they I mean I, I thought last year he looked a little heavy to me, but according to Pro Football Focus, he gets these grades 80 to 90 every week. So um, clearly he's an upgrade with what they had. And obviously Joe Stilley was there forever. But, yeah, they got to do a much better job just containing the run. Can't give up these big runs where teams are getting to that second layer. And that's what Jacksonville tried to do in that second half, and they got pretty successful with Robinson there. So, yeah, I mean, in, in you look at Trace – Sermon, he's he's a big he's a big back, you know. Mitchell, as you pointed out, six round pick from Louisiana, he was dealing with an ankle injury um, maybe a couple weeks ago. So uh, again, we'll see how many uh, running backs they dress. But but Sherman or Sermon, excuse me, he's he's a big back, averaging as you pointed out four three one touchdown. I remember him at Ohio State, and they got him in the third round. So 
they feel like they can go run it back by committee, but I do think if somebody gets the hot hand, they're going to roll with him. The Cardinals need to put the hammer down, if you will, as far as stopping running backs, getting to that second and third level. Right now they rank in the bottom third as far as rushing yards per game, and they are second to last in rushing yards per play. And this is a number that is scary to me. Better than five yards, almost five and a half yards a carry every single time an opposing offense hands the ball to a running back. That's a number, even though that this team is 4-0 MJ, that's a number that cannot be sustained and continue to win ball games. If you force this team to throw the football, then yeah, they have to abandon the run. But if I'm averaging five and a half yards a carry, it's 5.38, I'm rounding up, okay, 5-4. But if that's what I'm averaging every time I hand the ball off, I'm not abandoning the run, even if I am down a score or two. Yeah, I'm looking at Sherman. Uh, Sherman, excuse me, six feet two fifteen. So he, he's he's you know we look at Chase and, and James Connor. Connor's obviously six two and about two thirty three. He doesn't look it in street clothes, but he plays like it when he's in the uh, in uniform. Again, get him in third and long. I mean these these are the, these are the games where and it'd be nice to get a lead again because now it's going to force them to kind of maybe come out of their offense a little bit. But I, I still think they're going to run Shanahan's offense. I mean, he's been there the entire offseason, as you pointed out correctly. He did get a chance to play in the preseason. Um, it's a very complex offense, um, but a lot of times, you know, you're not going to put him on overload. You're going to have certain plays that you think he can run and then certain plays that the team as a whole, like, and, and they're going to want to get the ball down the field just to loosen it up because we know how difficult it is for, just for any quarterback to go on a 10-12 play drive. Here, they want to get some yards, so all of a sudden he can maybe get an opportunity to get in the open field and run. So they definitely got to be in their P's and Q's because we just don't have a lot of film on him. The wild card out of the backfield is fullback Kyle Juszczyk. He's only carried the ball six times, but MJ, he's got 19 catches. He is the second leading receiver on the team. Full disclosure, I haven't watched every single one of his 19 catches. I wonder how much he's lining up versus how much he's catching the ball out of the backfield. But when you can have that quote-unquote safety valve, and if it is Trey Lance that gets the start, the Cardinals need to account for the fullback position. Yeah, and in, in, by using him in that situation, a lot of times he'll, he'll be there for blitz pickup and then he'll release out. They put him on the sidelines sometimes, but it also opens things up for George Kittle because he's a really good blocker. he he To me, he's more of a third down back, but that doesn't mean he won't play on first and second down. And you're probably not going to see him rush very much. He's more of a hammer if, if maybe it's a short yardage situation. But uh, Sermon's 215 pounds. Yeah, it's it's. but they do pa- pass the ball to him, and he's been in that offense forever, and, and they were really thrilled to bring him back on a two- or three-year deal. Um, so yeah, he's a guy that you better you better bring your heart hat because he's going to hit you. Yeah, he is someone that is a veteran of that 49ers offense. As we continue here on Cardinals Cover Two, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, another veteran on that offense, tied in George Kittle. He's banged up as well, like Jimmy G. He's dealing with a calf injury. He played through that injury against the Seahawks and did not practice a lot during the week, so he was ready for Sunday, and it certainly sounds like that's the case this week. But how healthy is George Kittle? We know he's a weapon. He's a threat. He's got 19 catches for 227 yards, no touchdowns, and 
as well as he's played, his numbers are pedestrian, if you will, against the Cardinals. And I remember vividly week one a year ago, Buda Baker covering Kittle and with a surefire clean hit and knocked Kittle out of the game in an injury that he had to deal with the rest of the regular season. And that's a matchup I don't know we'll get to see this season because you've got Isaiah Simmons who can cover the tight end and has shown more versatility as far as his ability to cover receivers or cover the tight end. So, George Kittle, you don't want the tight end to get away from you, which we've seen in the past, but George Kittle is someone, as we've discussed, is the tight end who can be that quarterback's best friend, especially if it's a rookie quarterback. Yeah, Kittle's played in seven games against the Cardinals, and I'm looking at his numbers right here. He averages 5.9 targets, 4.1 receptions, 59 yards, and he he does have a touchdown, but it's not like he's getting two or three a game. So he's definitely going to be targeted, but he's played in seven games ever since he's been with the Niners. Um, but you, you got to make sure you put a hat on him. But I'm, I'm comfortable. That, that issue was two years ago. I thought Devondre Campbell did a really good job last year. Then he gave up two uh, tight end touchdowns. And then you got Isaiah Simmons, and the way that Jalen Thompson's playing, uh, I think he can cover him also, and that allows the Cardinals to have Isaiah Simmons roam in the front seven, or if he's got to cover a guy like Debo Samuel or Ayuk uh, in the slot. So uh, I anticipate the Cardinals will still have their top four corners out there, and then Isaiah could be the eraser. Jalen Thompson was talked a lot by Coach Joseph earlier on Thursday and in glowing terms, and, and I kind of forgot about this, that – you know, we referenced that the first time we had a chance to speak with Jalen Thompson was during training camp up in the press box, very informal. And Joseph brought up that the first time that they met Thompson, the coaching staff, was day one of training camp because he was such a late addition and there was no off season. And all of a sudden you get drafted and boom, and the supplemental draft and here you go. All right, let's go, kid. But he is someone that I don't think it's talked enough about as far as his improvements, his development, because we've seen, one, he's healthy, which is first and foremost with Jalen, but his physicality and tackling in the open field. You might catch a ball in front of him, but you're not getting past him. The thing is, though, we, we – and, and rightfully so, because you know how I feel about Buddha. He's really the the face of the defense. I think the glue of the defense is Marcus Golden. But I think Buddha, you, you know, I know Chandler's here. Patrick, uh, they moved on from Patrick. But I think, and then you got the eye candy with with uh, Marco Wilson and, and Byron Murphy. So on the pecking order, but uh, I like this tandem. And you know, he I, I, he's 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 actually he's gotten a lot stronger. He's more physical in the running game. He's better in coverage. And you could see that he knows his opportunity. We're not talking about Deontay Thompson, who the Cardinals also drafted. Um, you know, went to different schools. He went to Alabama. This young man went to Washington State, I want to say. You're right, Washington State. Washington. He went, oh, that's right. It was Washington, Washington State. You're right. Because that was Mike Leach, I want to say. Yeah. So, but again, he's fitting in perfect what they're asking him to do. I've been thoroughly impressed. But it's more about his, his, his football IQ, taking good angles, eyes, and his physicality, and you could see in his upper body, he's gotten bigger. 
He was asked about his hard hits from Sunday against the Rams and being in a tone setter. And he brought up Chandler Jones, Buda Baker, J.J. Watt as tone setters based off what they do early in games. And he added, quote, I'm trying to become one of those tone setters as well. He is based off of his play, especially on Sunday, which I think opened up a lot of Cardinals fans' eyes. Everyone just focuses on Buda Baker. Don't forget about number 34. Jalen Thompson might hit just as hard, if not harder, than Buda Baker. He lit up Cooper Cup. Lit him up. Legal play. Correct. Lit him up. And you could see after that he wasn't running this kind of same routes, and, and he got hit. Uh, Cooper Cup also got hit in the open field. I want to say it was Buda. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you put that on tape, guys are going to be aware of it. Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. We've touched on the 49ers backfield, the tight end position. Now let's get into the wide receivers. We've already briefly touched on Debu Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, which Ayuk, the, the, that one I don't quite understand. He had an outstanding first season drafted first round out of Arizona State, but this year just six catches for 58 yards and a touchdown. But it's Debo Samuel who has really come into his own here in 2021. MJ, he leads the league in receiving yards, tied for fifth in receptions, 17.5 yards per catch. That ranks fourth, has the most yards after the catch, according to next-gen stats, and has touchdown catches of 79 and 76 yards this season he is their number one wide receiver he is the number one player that the secondary has to pay attention to whether that is Byron Murphy whether that is Marco Wilson Robert Alford Antonio Hamilton whomever it is you have to be aware of Debo Samuel this week against the 49ers he reminds me of Bolden uh, clearly a little bit faster and uh, size wise but he he catches the ball great in traffic he's not afraid to go over the middle um, you know, he's he's a guy that can block. He was a second-round pick back in 2019, so he, he's a physical guy. And, and when I when we go back to Brandon Ayuk, he's kind of like uh, they drafted him to be kind of like Rondell Moore. He also re- returns punts, and the Cardinals got Rondell Moore in the second round, and he obviously has excelled, uh, uh, you know, when it comes to the short passing game and his acceleration when he gets the ball in his hands, and he's, he's right now returning kicks and punts. So, yeah, it, it it's interesting. I I didn't know this, but he, Kyle Shanahan is really hard on his wide receivers, and, and a lot of it's probably predicated on the route running and everything else. You know, you look at Samuel, he's 5'11", 214 pounds, so that's very similar to Anquan Bolden's size, but I think he's a little bit uh, more fluid uh, where he can change on, and stop on a dime. Last week against the Seahawks, 156 receiving yards. Twice Samuel this season already has had over 100 receiving yards. So if you're looking at someone to shut down, last week we were talking about Cooper Cup, NFC Offensive Player of the Month, how well he was performing. Now it's Debo Samuel. And this Cardinals defense so far this season has not allowed a wide receiver to reach 100 receiving yards. And they've played some darn good wide receivers. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods last week, Marvin Jones of the Jaguars, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen against the Vikings, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones week one against the Titans. That's a very solid list of wide receivers, some of the best, top 10, top 20 in the league, and none of those wide receivers has done anything 
against this Cardinals defense. Yeah, and you can throw in Deshaun Jackson. Uh, you know, clearly Stafford underthrew him, but but you got to give Murph credit. He kind of baited him. And he was able to jump the route and face the receiver. Yeah, so it's going to happen at some point. I mean, if he gets 100 yards and they they slow George Kittle down less than 50 yards and Ayuk maybe gets a couple catches, uh, just don't get beat on the on in the, the running game. Um, you know, again, you always try to go in there and contain – but if they get one wide receiver that goes over 100 yards, I think they can live with that. I know the stat is at some point, you know, hopefully it's not a tight end this weekend <laughs> because he's capable of doing that. Um, but I think the Cardinals know that how, they know how to bracket George Kittle, and he's going to have to make catches in tight, uh, tight windows. Defensively, this Cardinals team, we're seeing a little bit of that bend but don't break. They give up a lot of yards, but they are making plays. They're keeping teams – off the field, out of the end zone. They are very good on third down. They're third in takeaways. And this, I think, is probably the one stats that Coach Joseph might like the most as far as because you get that takeaway, you're getting that team off the field. Nine turnovers, nine takeaways, if you will. They are first in forced fumbles, tied for first in fumble recoveries, tied for seventh in receptions. But as we saw against the Rams, a couple of turnovers, and the offense can take advantage of those turnovers. It swings the game in a 180 direction to your side, and that's the defense helping the offense. And, you know, you get your hand on a number of footballs, and all of a sudden you're getting that offense back on the football field. Yeah, and, you know, it was important for the Cardinals um, to, to not turn the ball over, but obviously, you know, get some turnovers on their side. And, and that can go a long way. I mean, you know, we know the stats. If, if you're minus two or minus three, you probably you have 25% chance of winning. And the Cardinals haven't won every single game with the turnover uh, margin, but they've been able to put up over 30 points and over 400 yards and convert when they get in the red zone. So um, there's there's ways to overcome that stuff, but you don't want to you don't want to play with fire where you're minus two or minus three when the game's over. Well, Cardinals, nine takeaways, 49ers, just one takeaway. And that happened in week one. And you wonder why the 49ers are sitting here two and two and the Cardinals four and oh, protect the football. And if you've got a defense that's a ball-hawking, playmaking defense, then all of a sudden Byron Murphy is getting his hand on the ball. Marcus Golden is punching a football out, and it's on the ground. Buda Baker picks it up, as he did last week. All of that, it's... What Vance Joseph referenced when he was talking about they don't teach their players to hit the quarterback when he is running. They teach CPR, which is a term we all know means something completely different than what it does on a football field. But CPR, club, punch, rip, and meaning rip the ball when the quarterback takes off and runs or any ball carrier out in space but specifically that quarterback because you have to be very careful when the quarterback runs and they're becoming you know a runner out of the pocket they still get that protection and Trey Lance that's what you got to worry about this week because he does have the mobility yeah and and I don't know if he has a baseball background but he does have a hose so I'm curious to see you know how he protects himself in the open field does he try to get to the sidelines just so he can you know protect himself and you know, play for the next down, but uh, it'd be interesting to see if it, it, how the Cardinals defend him to try to keep him in the pocket, and it, hopefully he makes some ill-advised throws and they can get some interceptions or tip balls. But this is gonna—it's gonna be interesting, you know, depending on their offensive line of Trent Williams and, you know, for the Cardinals. I mean, 
I mean, they're gonna. I mean, I, I'm comfortable with the offensive line, especially if Beecham comes back, and then I, you you put Josh Jones at, at right guard, and then obviously Justin Pugh's back. But they can they can get to the quarterback, the Niners. I mean, you look at D Ford and Nick Bosa, and, and Fred Warner. I mean, this guy. I mean, I don't know if he gets the credit because you know he's passing the torch from Navarro Bowman and Patrick Willis. This guy's a tackling machine. He got a huge extension. Um, you know, and then you, in Seattle you had Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright. You know, so and then the Rams. You know, they've had different linebackers, but you know Nick Bosa um, went healthy. He could be a productive guy. Um, you know, what, what do you have? Four sacks already tied for the fourth, fourth most. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just when I look at their corners, you know, Mosley. Uh, you mentioned they brought in Drake or Patrick. I I think that's an area the Cardinals could t- definitely target their secondary on. On the, on the Cardinals defensive side, I mean, yeah. we referenced the this will be this this perhaps will be the second time they face a rookie quarterback. Same type of game plan you think against a Trevor Lawrence as you would against a Trey Lance. Trevor Lawrence had that running ability, and we did see him scramble for some chunk plays, some big plays, if you will. Or because that was just a couple of weeks ago, does Vance Joseph feel the need to change it up to give a rookie some different looks? The only the only thing I'll say is Lawrence had two games under his belt. And that week they talked about trying to get to the second layer, and he said, I want to run more. And the RPOs, the pistol, and he did all that. Uh, unfortunately, he threw some interceptions, but this is his first start. So, yes, I'm I'm going to try to make very confusing for him. Throw everything at him, bring nine, if you will. I mean, I'm maybe exaggerating. No, a little bit, but but. I, but just you know, again, they can rush two and drop seven or eight guys into coverage and make him make some tight throws, or don't let him get comfortable. But the fact that Lawrence had a couple games under his belt, the speed of the game. Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit different. But at the same time, though, he is getting all first-team reps this week, and that can go a long way. And then they'll figure out that their scripted plays, and that, it'll be interesting what their 15 scripted plays are. Well, and then also factor in that it's not only Lance's first NFL start, but that first start is coming on the road. That's at good State point. Farm Stadium, Bird Gang, I mean, this is this is a call to you as well. When you have a young player, a rookie, all of a sudden the noise – Get loud and maybe you confuse them a little proud. bit. I mean, that's you know, if you want, if you're enjoying this four and run and hope it's five and by the end of Sunday, then yeah, be a factor as you've been, as we've seen throughout the years. Well, in the Cardinals, I mean, for a long time it was the 12s in Seattle when it came to false starts. I mean, the Cardinals updated every single week, especially after a home game, and they played in week two with the Cardinals lead. Uh, the league and opponents false starts, and that's because of the fan base. And listen, let's not get, get excited from a standpoint of four knows great, um, but it's a long season, and these are home game and it's a division game. So they got to take care of business. You just can't expect to walk on the field. We know what happened last year in Week 16 to a third-string quarterback. 193 opponent false start penalties since 2006. That is the most across the National Football League. Titans second at 177. Seahawks at 174, talking about Nissan Stadium and Lumen Field, respectively. So that is a huge 
factor, I think, in this contest because, you know, a year ago it's empty seats. Now you've got full capacity across the league. Yeah, and based on field position, if, if they're staring, uh, you know, maybe uh, the first and 10 from their 10-yard line, get loud in the end zones because all of a sudden they're going to have to go to a silent count, and who knows how much they're working on that. Uh, it's part of what they're going to have to do. It could be at midfield, but – when they get down, to, if, if the Cardinals have not pinned deep in their territory, that's when you get loud because they're going to get a false start. And, and if you get a holding penalty with a quarterback in the end zone, that's a safety. Um, and so there's different ways. But uh, just be loud and not just the first quarter. And then clearly when the offense is on the field, just, you know, ha- have have your, uh, you know, root beer and maybe your hot dog because uh, we need to see the Cardinals go with the Murray up offense. And when they're in the Murray up offense, they can score at will. Yeah, no one to get loud and then no one to be a little quieter, if you will. You can cheer, but just be a little bit quieter when Kyler Murray is out on the field. Hey, before we go here on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, Episode 3, Cardinals Folk Tales, one time in Mexico, Available right now on YouTube.com slash AZ Cardinals. It is a look back at 2005 Cardinals and 49ers in Mexico City. First ever NFL regular season game to take place on foreign soil. It debuted. It dropped, if you will, on Wednesday night. Had a chance to watch the finish. And props to everyone in the digital department, everyone who worked hard on it, including our colleague on broadcasting on the Spanish side, Rolando Cantu. One time in Mexico, it's a game that I, I have vague memories of. I was still kind of new. I wasn't new. It was like six years in the market, but I wasn't really covering the Cardinals like I do now. But it is always fun to look back at those moments, those memories. And sometimes it's not about the action on the field. It's the lead up, and it's what happens before the game and after the game. And that's what one time in Mexico shows. Yeah, and, and uh, Michael Bidwell is is in there, and I didn't know this, but that was the last year at Sun Devil Stadium, and he recommended to C- Commissioner then Paul Tagliabue, let's go play a game in Mexico. And obviously, it was. I mean, it's a bigger stadium. Um, that was the first time a, a game had been played in Mexico when it comes to the NFL. Teams have gone to other places, but that started. Yep. That was the catalyst. Yes. For the NFL to say, hey, what, you know what, we can go in addition to Mexico, we can go into London and perhaps maybe Germany down the road, but that was the first game. You know you know, my early prediction is that ninth game next year, Mexico. Well, they were supposed to go in 2020. That was canceled because of the pandemic. It wasn't ready here in 2021 to be a part of the schedule. So 2022, if we continue to trend in the direction that we are and that is everyone stays safe, then yeah. I do believe the Cardinals will be playing in Mexico City. The Cardinals have nine road games this year. Cleveland is the one. Next year they'll have nine home games, and you give one of those up, and then you have the Bird Gang travel to Mexico. So is this a prediction or is this a statement from Mike Jordan? Well, it's just a prediction. Okay. Now, technically, maybe this year is a little different because we usually get the the schedule in May or April, but – Sometimes they announce those games a little bit earlier so people can make reservations. And then hopefully the borders open and everything else where no issues. But I, I, I do think considering they, they are, have nine home games next year, that's one game I think they would give up to go to Mexico and create that fan base like they have in the past. Knock on wood, 
That's exactly what happens. Again, Episode 3, Cardinals Folk Tales, One Time in Mexico, available now. Go to YouTube.com slash Cardinals. And on that note, let's put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.